0: This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Kevin Lundell runs Lundell Chiropractic and RC Fit, which are both located next to the Harmons and Roy where Riverdale Road meets 1900 West. He's active in the community and in Ogden politics, so we get into all kinds of topics, including the recent mayor's race and the primary results. So I've known you a long time, I think some of these might even be false memories, but like, your <laughs> family, isn't your family kind of like an old school Ogden family, like you've been here a while?
1: I mean, yeah, we gr- I grew up in South Ogden, you went to elementary, that sort of area, but yeah, John and I, we went to high school together. That's
0: right. And uh, this might be another false memory, but was your dad a chiropractor? Like, was it a family? He was,
1: he uh, he and uh, Lou Wilwright built the Chiropractic Health Center, it's just north of Weber State on 35th and Harrison there. Okay. Uh, in the mid 80s and uh, I practiced in that office with him for a while too and uh yeah so he's kind of he's kind of a a legend in the chiropractic world you know okay He, he practiced for a long time
0: and uh and so was that like you're working there in high school and stuff
1: yeah I mean I did like some of my earliest sort of work you know working in the community was uh helping my dad we would get these little boxes where we would go to businesses and we would ask them if we could put this box in their business and then people could fill out these little slips of paper and put their phone number on there to get like a free chiropractic exam or something and then and then you know my dad had staff that would call those back so we would go to businesses and ask them to put them there and then we'd go and collect them and bring them back and it was just a way that my dad had to to drum up business so i got pretty familiar with uh you know, going and trying to talk to people and getting rejected and that sort of thing. <laughs> nice and early.
0: And so was it the kind of thing you always thought you were going to do or like how? how yeah, really,
1: you, know? you know, I think I saw that we had a, we had a pretty good life growing uh-huh. up. My dad had a nice work life balance. He made a good living and uh, he helped a lot of people. And I thought that was awesome.
0: And so then uh, you say, like, you were practicing there for a while. Like, is that where you first started practicing?
1: Yep. I practiced uh, in Ogden uh, right there on, on 35th and Harrison for five years. Oh. And, you know, there was four and sometimes five other chiropractors in that building at the time. And, um, you know, it was it, – chiropractics changed over time. And uh-huh. I think there was this moment where Jesse and I uh, – that's my wife, Jesse. Uh, we just realized that we needed – we need a new adventure. We needed something else, you uh. know, and that uh, the work there is kind of hard. You know, I think in the 80s, when my dad built that building, everybody everybody came to Ogden for everything and, and, and would come even all the way up to East Bench, Ogden. Uh, but now I think so much is built out that, you know, downtown Ogden, I think, is still thriving. But I think it's harder, you know, I think that location and, and, and there was less people coming all the way to East Bench, Ogden. And so I think to... Sustain, you know four chiropractors in that office wasn't really attainable at the time and oh. so we moved and tried to open our own business and we opened the CrossFit gym uh and the chiropractic office in the same day oh. in 2015 and so yeah start two two businesses from scratch it was quite the adventure for sure and
0: has it always been here it's
1: always been here yeah oh, we're nice. in uh Roy next to Harmon's and this this location's actually been great you know we've you know One of the busiest intersections there is, is right there where you get off the freeway uh, in Riverdale there, and so, you know, it's pretty easy for people to get to, so that's a a positive thing. Although, I do wish it was in Ogden. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: so, for you, the the chiropractic and the fitness element has always been intertwined?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I watched a lot of people open CrossFit gyms at the time, you know, CrossFit was still a little bit in its infancy, um, but... I knew it was only, it's only a part-time gig, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things that you've got to have your business that continues to put money, you know, food on the table, so to speak. And I didn't, I wanted to still be able to run it really well. Uh And I knew that if I was, if, if I kind of combined the two so that I was here all the time, that I could make it be successful. I could imprint our, uh, guiding principles and culture onto it because I was here all the time and doing the thing that uh, really, you know, makes it so I can have a living.
0: Right. I know that CrossFit's fairly new, but is the fitness element of chiropractic new? Like, is that, was your dad also a fitness guy and was it, you know, how he would treat people?
1: Yeah, I think chiropractic has always had a, a holistic kind of view of the human body and, and, uh, for me, fitness is just a huge part of that. And mm-hmm. so I think definitely that bleeds over from the, some of the philosophy I got as we studied the human body and we studied what creates health, uh, in, in chiropractic college. And so, yeah, it's, I, I think I'm definitely more of a fitness enthusiast than my dad. It's just been something that I've been driven to, but, uh-huh. uh, it, it was something that I wanted to be able to help imprint on our community more than I was able to do with just chiropractic alone.
0: Can you kind of explain the philosophy? Like, I mean, my layman understanding is like, you know, the more healthy your muscles are around the spine, the less the spine has to do with it. Is it along those lines?
1: Yeah, I always tell people that you know, in, in at, on the chiropractic side of the of the office, we're trying to get the joints to move well on a on a joint point joint level. We take those joints, we move them through their full range of motion, and we get things moving and functioning really well. On the CrossFit side, we really Try to get you moving on a moving really well on a global scale, mm. right? So if you're if you can take your body through a full range of motion, squat, uh, it requires a fair amount of stability and mobility to do that and to do it well. And so on a global level, if you can do that, your spine's going to be healthier uh, in the long term. Mm. And so those those uh, chiropractic patients that I see, I mean, my crossfitters are super healthy. They'll come in, they'll get tweaked every once in a while, come in for an adjustment. I won't see them again for, you know, a year, Uh but but the chronic patients are the ones that are are more difficult. And so we definitely see that if you are, are doing good functional fitness, that you're, you're not just healthier generally, but your, your spine is too.
0: Right. Okay. And so it's like the, maybe more chronic care or maybe more, um, Preventative care would be like like workout regiments, Definitely. but then but then the other half of it is this sort of. Uh, there's a you have some pain that you need adjusted right away.
1: Totally, every you know everybody needs a tune up from time to time, and uh-huh. bodies are weird. Sometimes you know you you can regularly pick up a couple hundred pounds in the gym, and then you'll bend over to pick up a piece of paper, and your your back suddenly tweaks, and and you need a little bit of care to get through yeah. that.
0: I think a lot of people, and I mean myself included, I've never really gone to a chiropractor. So, like, what is the pitch for somebody to come in? Is it that, like, you know, when you get a shooting pain, I can fix it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody could benefit from a a tune-up once a month or so. But, you know, people are busy, and and sometimes they don't do that. And and so you can definitely just come in when you're hurting. And and if you have joint pain, it doesn't. Matter even where it is. Like uh-huh. a good place to start is with your chiropractor. I think we are really experts at making sure those joints are moving and functioning well. And so, and and a lot of us are in some sort of pain. You know, if you get uh-huh. like you and me, we hit forty this year, yeah, right. right? So you know, you're, <laughs> I'm
0: starting to think about back pain. <laughs>
1: exactly, it's a real thing. It comes on, and so you when you have those things, uh, making sure those joints are moving and functioning really well through a chiropractor is mm-hmm. just beneficial.
0: Yeah. So the the CrossFit you've been doing it since 2015, and it's kind of but not really related to the business. Like, what made you decide to do CrossFit?
1: They're two. They're, they're they are. They're they're related, but not. They're two separate businesses. Uh-huh. Um, we we try not to pressure people to come to CrossFit on <laughs> uh, on the chiropractor side or the or the other side. We just uh-huh. let that thing that naturally flow from one side to the other. Yeah. But uh, you know, our gym is quite a bit different than what you would see think of when you think about crossfit. You mm-hmm. know, when you think of, when most people think about crossfit, they think about the crossfit games, they think about these super elite athletes. And the and a lot of gyms are are crossfit gyms are built around that concept. They're trying to create elite fitness. And Jesse and I we learned early that if we wanted to make a positive impact on community health, which was our goal all the time, was that we couldn't create a place where someone that already was thriving at another gym, someone that was thriving at Gold's Gym, they might come here and do ju- do great and maybe do a little bit better. Um, athletes become super athletes. Like that doesn't really have an, an impact on community health. Mm-hmm. But if we can create a place where someone can come that isn't thriving at another gym, someone that doesn't know how to use the gym equipment, yeah. and they can come here and they can walk through the door and feel comfortable, come in and, and learn and realize there's more people just like them, and that they can do it, You know, long term for uh, life—that's how we make a a real positive impact. And so that—that's kind of been our philosophy. uh, We're going to do it a little bit different. And if when you come through the doors here at at RC Fit, you 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 find uh, you'll find seventy-five-year-old uh, Renee Johnson working out, uh, you'll find other folks in their sixties. You'll find people that have weight to lose and you'll find a few really super athletes too, Uh you know, because what we do here can, can lead to that if if you want it to. Um, so, but that's not, that's not who we cater to for sure.
0: And so, um, as far as people like joining the gym, can they just like, Is it sessions? Is it that kind of thing? Is like classes? Yeah, it's
1: group fitness classes. Uh, So we have a free one week trial. Anybody can come try it out at any time, and uh, yeah, you just jump right in with the class. The coaches are there. They make sure that uh, to tailor the workouts specifically for you. They show you exactly what to do and how to do it, uh, and every time you come in, Hmm. so it's super friendly and easy that way. Nobody, very few people walk through the door doing pull-ups. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if pull-ups are on the board, there's always options there's the ring rows that anybody can do there's banded assisted pull-ups there's all sorts of things and in the, in the, the coach and the environment is built so that uh everyone basically is is scaling uh one way or another almost every day
0: huh so even though it's a group it's scalable for everyone in the group
1: yep That's exactly
0: cool. and so uh do you guys like you still call it CrossFit you got to call it CrossFit right
1: you know so there was we took CrossFit off of our off our walls uh-huh. uh the founder of CrossFit back in 2020 uh, you know he's a problematic person uh most geniuses are uh-huh. <laughs> and, and Greg Glassman is a legitimate genius the thing he created here changed the fitness community forever yeah uh but you know he was a problematic individual and he Among other things, the thing that the straw that broke the camel's back was he made a uh, a racist remark around the George Floyd uh, protests, and that caused a lot of people to um, exit CrossFit, including us. And we took our name off. And then CrossFit, uh, he ended up selling selling all of his portions of CrossFit. They have a new CEO, and we we wanted to stay affiliated at that time. We feel like. You know, they made the right decision as a group and as an organization to move on from uh-huh. that toxicity. And we felt like we should, you know, maintain and be an affiliate since they did that. So yeah. we are in a CrossFit affiliate, even though it says Roy Community Fitness and and we shorten that to RC Fit.
0: Yeah. Well, because I remember you doing that. I really respected it. Like it seemed like a difficult business decision. And then I even look at it today. It's like you're kind of referred to as both and you have both domains that are kind of redirecting and stuff. So it's not like it was a simple decision to make for your business.
1: It, it wasn't. Um, however, it was one of those things when we we just knew what side we were on. You know, from a business standpoint, we, uh, you wondered at the time, whether you were making the right decision, but uh, it was the right thing to do. The, Greg Glassman would not be out of the way today if there wasn't a bunch of CrossFit gyms that said n- enough. Uh-huh. And so we were happy to be part of that.
0: Well, and that's this other thing I've seen you do for the last, I don't know, six, ten years or whatever. But it, I mean, you're always kind of trying to find a way to stand up for things you believe in, uh, which I really admire. Thanks. So what, what just first kind of got you started in politics? I mean, not even necessarily politics, community building, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really good question. Our philosophy in the gym that anybody and everybody can come and thrive, particularly those that maybe aren't thriving in the fitness arena already, mm. is the similar the way I look at you know politics and government is you know we need to build a government and a city that doesn't just work for the wealthy and well connected, those people that are already doing well, right? Mm-hmm. We need to we need our focus to be on uh, those who might not be doing well. And we need to, government should be there to help uplift those folks. And guess what? It can work for those at the top two. And, and that's what we've done here at the gym, right? We do have some of those super athletes that are you'll, you'll, that are amazing, but it's not our focus. And so I think those two things are intertwined. And where that came from within me, I'm not entirely sure. You know, I think uh, I, I, I lived in Bay Area during during Prop 8. And I saw the damage that was caused by government trying to get in the way of two people that wanted to be married. Mm-hmm. And that had a dramatic effect on me in, in a way that I just I realized that, that we do our focus should be on those who maybe are not thriving in the particular environment. And at that time it was gay marriage and you know that was 2008 and when I was in, in some pretty formative years.
0: Okay, so I know that you, Identify pretty strongly as a progressive. Do you identify pretty strongly as a Democrat?
1: Yeah, I would consider myself a Democrat. I mean, I think the Democratic Party is the one that aligns with progressivism the most. Yeah, yeah. And so, yes.
0: But I think that you've found a way, I think that there's not a whole lot you can do with the Democratic Party sometimes. And so, you've sort of found a way to push progressive issues sort of outside of that. Was that like something you had to figure out? Was that like a a problem you tried to solve and then came up with an approach you know what i mean
1: i mean i don't know how effective i've been at solving any problems <laughs> let's be honest we've got a lot going on here um but yeah i think you it's pretty I'm, i try to be pretty clear-eyed about what the democratic party can accomplish in utah uh-huh. and you know we have one elected democrat outside you know statewide democrat uh, outside of salt lake county and that's rosemary lesser and she's a she might be the only person outside of Lou Shurtleff who is also a legend who could get elected to that, to that seat. I mean, because she Absolutely. is, you know, Rosemary is amazing. She's an amazing person an amazing politician and an amazing, you know, she's probably one of the few people that could have could have pulled that off. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I think we do need to be clear eyed about what we can accomplish as a democratic party in Utah and what we can't. And so, yeah, working in, in other ways in other arenas to try to have you know, influence on the issues is something I've thought about.
0: Yeah. And so is it, maybe it's more of like a trial and error process. Like you care about Marshall White, so you try to go to some meetings, you start writing an op-ed, like you just try to spread that word as much as you can. RC Fit, it's like, all you can do is kind of set the example and then try to say, tell people why you're doing it. But it's like that seems to be consistent with you. Even the the diversity commission stuff is a, a great example. Like So, yeah, you're just sort of feeling that out. It's like a trial and error. What can I do to make it happen? I guess.
1: I think it's, you know, you see issues on that are at the forefront and you, you act on them. And so, yeah, when you're sitting on the diversity commission for Ogden as the vice chair and you see a state senator who – Wants to, you know, outlaw diversity in higher education. That seems like an obvious target. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, tar- turned out it was a target that got me into some trouble, I guess, <laughs> with the mayor. But uh, you know, it seems like fighting if you're if you're if you're fighting for diversity, a- then and someone is actively on the other side of that issue, then that's something that 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 I'm I'm passionate about and I'm going to speak out about and I've. You know, one of the fortunate things about owning your own business is, uh, you know, I can speak out against those things. You uh-huh. know, I, I have, I don't have to worry about politics in my office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to do that and have no repercussions yeah. uh, come at me. You know, professionally. Or well, personally. I mean,
0: it could affect your business. I'm sure there are people who are like that. Damn liberal. <laughs> I'm not going to Lundell Chiropractic.
1: Yeah, fair. <laughs> There yeah. and that has uh, you know yeah, I I, I right. know we 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 have a pride flag a pride flag hanging in our gym and you know that that may or may not affect certain people from coming here but it also you know again that's kind of our focus you know it might if someone is not thriving somewhere else if somebody wonders what uh, you know someone's going to think about their relationship at a different gym they know they'll be welcome here so maybe it does but in in a way that I think is controllable you know yeah for sure
0: what led you to get on the diversity commission in the first place?
1: I think it just fit with some of the things that I had been thinking about a lot, you know? Yeah. Like it was while
0: you were pushing for Marshall white, right? You were pretty involved in that. I can see that kind of being related.
1: Yeah. I think Marshall white, you know, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to get to know a lot of folks that uh, are involved in, in Ogden area. And so, yeah, I, I find myself aligned with, with a lot of those purposes and so that's why I wanted to be on the diversity commission and you know it was one of those things where you get on there it was it just wasn't functioning the way that it should have Mm -hmm. and hopefully in the future we'll have something different there that that works well
0: well and I do I feel like I know a lot of good people who have joined that and just kind of felt I don't know frustrated by it is that how you felt too
1: oh definitely definitely we were constantly told no you can't do that yeah and you're like well then can we do you know and no we can't do that no we can and so yeah it felt it started to feel performative for yeah. sure i heard that word over and over from the commissioners that were there and yeah I, I do there's a lot of potential there for it to be uh something better than it than it currently is and it will be under new administration i you know i, yeah. I, I think that will definitely be the case
0: and so how long were you on the commission
1: i think 11 months
0: okay and then it's like every year uh they Will renew members or something? How well, I
1: was—I had got appointed by someone who had resigned, so I was filling out someone's term. Okay. Uh, at the time, and I—every indication for me for me was that I was just going to renew, and so I yeah, it was a pretty big shock when the letter came from the mayor. that was like, "Thanks, but no thanks." Uh-huh. And there's there's still vacancies in in at the diversity commission that they haven't been able to fill, and so
0: right, so they don't renew, but they don't fill it with anybody new.
1: I think they tried. I think they filled they filled a few of those spots, but there's definitely still vacancies on the commission.
0: Well, and there were three renewals up at the time, and yours was the only one that they didn't renew. Is that right? They renewed the other two.
1: That is correct. Huh. yeah.
0: And so, is that basically you wrote an op-ed, and then like soon after, like like the day after, you started hearing repercussions? Walk me through.
1: Yeah, that I wrote the op-ed. Uh, what uh, was the op-ed? The op-ed was about the. Uh, John Johnson's bill that was trying to block diversity programs in higher education uh, mm-hmm. that he had was was trying to get passed it didn't pass they had some study that that went through a- anyway uh yeah I wrote a, I wrote an op-ed about that and the op-ed was about how with progress comes backlash and how I felt and I think a lot of us felt in 2020 that there that we were on the cusp of some real racial reckoning in our country mm-hmm. and that there was progress there was people listening at the time we had this this compact that was signed at the state by business leaders and politicians about how this was a movement not a moment and i think there are politicians like john johnson who wanted to make it a moment and that he is a he is part of a backlash from that 2020 progress that we saw getting made, and Uh, so that's what it was about, about progress and backlash and how we have seen backlash, and I believe that Senator John Johnson is part of the backlash and and part of the problem in the way of racial progress in our city and in our state.
0: But not super inflammatory, maybe a little bit pointed at John Johnson, but I wouldn't say inflammatory.
1: Somebody thought it was (laughs) inflammatory enough. I mean, there was a one line in there where I, uh, you know, I, you know, associated, some of his words with words of, you know, segregationist politicians in our past, mm. you know. Uh, but I don't think that's out of bounds. I think it really in today's day and age, trying to pass something like that is very similar. Uh, I, I, specifically, it was the quote, uh, George Wallace, you know, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Mm. And that I, I, I do think that, that uh, you know, in today's day and age, if you are fighting against diversity at the level that he is, creating documentaries, passing laws, that you are that you are standing in the way of progress, mm. and that those though, though, just like politicians were standing in the way of, po- of progress in the fifties and sixties.
0: Mm. And did you mention the diversity commission at all in the?
1: My byline had that I was the vice chair of the diversity commission. Mm. That was it.
0: Interesting. And so then. Your next op-ed that said I think I'm getting kicked off the diversity commission was just like three days later, wasn't it?
1: Uh, I didn't write an op-ed there. Uh, oh, you uh, didn't? Tim Vandernak ha- did cover the story, ah. though. Uh, he covered the story, and you know I was quoted in there saying that I believe it was directly related to the op-ed, and it was. You know, yeah. nobody came out and told me that. I requested a, m- a meeting with the mayor. They denied it. Ah. Uh, so nobody told me that directly, but indirectly, we all we all knew why. You know?
0: But it was like immediately afterwards. It was
1: really, it was really fast. I was on. As a matter of fact, I was on the city council agenda to be renewed one week and taken off the next. Mm-hmm. And in between there was the article. So yeah, you can pretty much draw a straight line there. <laughs> it's not too hard.
0: And that was all. Was that this year? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be uh, like what March April?
1: Yeah, I think it was March. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around that time. Yeah.
0: And so, but then that's just sort of like, what else can you do besides? Draw some attention to it. Let people know it happened, and then definitely, move on?
1: yeah. I, I The city council actually they they were they were pretty good. You know, they were super uncomfortable with it. They didn't like it, and part of their role is advise and consent in that issue uh-huh. uh, when they're when they're actually confirming non, uh, people who are appointed, uh-huh. and they actually tabled it for a week, uh, just kind of as as a sign of support. I didn't want to stand in the way of them appointing new people to the diversity commission you know I, I thought it was nice of them to table it for a week and you know try to get some answers and uh, at, but at the end of the day Chardet as the chair wanted the diversity commission to continue They she wanted to continue doing some of the work there and i certainly wasn't it, it didn't want to stand in the way of that work and so you know i you know the city council folks who were people who were in contact with me, I was like, yeah, carry on, you know, appoint yeah. the new people, like, let's, we drew attention to the issue, that's all we could do, we don't want to stand in the way of diversity, that would be the, the, beside the point, and I think there are folks on that commission who are genuinely trying to, you know, help with progress.
0: And so then you kind of redirect those efforts into the mayor's race, is that probably how it went?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what an opportunity we've had, the, this mayoral race, uh, with seven different candidates and it's a, you know, you, you, what well, we've had Mike Caldwell in for uh, 12 years now, is that right? I and three so, terms. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, it's only, you know, maybe once a decade that you have this, this whole new look at um, who might be running our city in the future. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's pretty important. It's one of those moments where you're like, okay, who, who, who's going to be the right person and, and how, how do I help?
0: But so it seems like you were even pretty well decided back in March. Would you say that's fair to say?
1: Uh, on who, on, on who that, I was going to support for, uh-huh. for mayor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact timeline of when Taylor started talking about it and announcing. But um, you know, when when Taylor said, "Hey, yeah, I'm I'm going to be running for mayor," I I was on board right yeah. from the be- right from the beginning. You know, I've seen some of the work that he's done in our community and the way that he's galvanized, uh, people and the way that he's actually been able to kind of turn the wheels of government, speaking specifically uh, or thinking specifically about the Marshall White Center. Uh. You know, I think Taylor and Sean were, were really instrumental in getting enough momentum behind the Marshall White Center and enough community involvement and engagement, uh, to where government had to listen. Uh-huh. They, they, they were not, they were like, okay, we have to listen. We have to do something uh, because the people are, there's momentum. The people are behind it and we're, we're in trouble if we don't. And I, it's not very often that you see the, a citizen get involved in a way that actually makes government change. Uh-huh. And I saw that firsthand. And uh, you know, just from a, a community building standpoint, I, I thought, well, Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive.
0: So I'm curious because what happened to you on the diversity commission is pretty similar to what happened to Angel. And I'm guessing as a progressive person, you probably supported Angel in the previous mayor's race. And so it's not that I want to say, why did you vote the way you did? But I'm curious how that transition maybe went and, and you know... I would guess that when the diversity commission stuff happened, you were talking to Angel about it and all that. So. Uh,
1: Angel was great. I mean, Angel came uh, to the city council meeting, as she does, uh-huh. <laughs> and she spoke out and and supported me and spoke against um, what had happened to me uh, during that whole process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, and, and Angel has been, in the past, part of progressive politics. So, yeah, I think that was at the beginning, there was definitely some questions about, you know, who, who, who am I going to support and how am I going to, how am I going to support them? Uh, but I think, I don't know if it's because Taylor got into the race, but I think we saw Angel make a bit of a turn to the right. And I, I saw that from day one. And I, 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 these are all things I've talked to, I've asked her about right. specifically, but when you'd launch your campaign about tax cuts and uh, increasing policing and, you know things like that. I I I bristle a little bit, and I was like, man, those are like, I they, they I was triggered, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And and I think we saw that time, and time. I mean, she was on this show, right, saying stop the steal, uh-huh. and I, that's that. That's not an accident. Uh-huh. That she is. You know, I felt at the time throwing red meat to the to the to the right. During the last debate, she was on uh, asking people to raise their hand if they distrusted government. Yeah. You can't sow distrust in government, distrust in government, and then be the government and yeah. expect to get things done. Yeah. Like that is that's not okay for me. Mm. And so, you know, luckily I, I didn't have to question if I made the right decision along the way because um, Taylor stayed, is, is is true to who he is, and uh, it's been just been a joy and been fun to be. Not that I'm I'm on that campaign or speak for that campaign either, but I volunteered yeah. to help for sure.
0: Well, and I'm wondering because. Like, I wonder if you think that this mayor's race exposed some real divides in the progressive community here if, like, if that's, you know, getting weaker. Like, the state of the progressive party around here does seem to be a bit divided. I wonder how you feel. As, it it
1: you know. does. And and I do think that hopefully there will be some new coalitions that form in, in Ogden around progressivism. You know, I think one of the big ones we saw was the Weber County Democrats' In, in a primary, they had stayed, kind of stated that they were going to stay out of it, and then they endorsed Oscar Mata. You know, I, I we had Taylor in the race, who's a Democrat and, and a bona fide progressive, and, you know, I, I text Oscar at the time, hey, you're the vice chair of the Utah Democratic Party. Isn't it, from a party-building perspective, isn't this problematic? His response was, no, it's not problematic, and I'll tell you why I'm the better candidate in the race, and I was like, that's kind of beside the point. Uh-huh. You know whether you're the better candidate in the race or not, or you believe that. You know the fact that you're getting involved at this point in the race, particularly when every elected Democrat in the state was supporting Taylor. It was the it was it was not good for the party. Yeah. And so yeah, I I do think it's caused some problems, and not things that can't be solved going forward, uh, but we've got to put some real thought into how we're going to go forward and what our focus is going to be and who the leaders of that movement are going to be. Mm. So, we, yeah, I think there there needs to be some building going forward without a doubt.
0: That's interesting because, you know, even before the mayor's race, there was a kind of a divide within the Democratic Party and maybe the local progressives. And I, I see you as somebody who's kind of in the middle of all that. You know, you're really, you know, you'll just engage with all sides. You're just trying to build community, right? And so maybe that's it. Do you think that maybe this is almost a, an opportunity to to fix some of that if, if we...
1: I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I think whether that's the the Weber County Democratic Party or that's some other coalition that, that comes together, I th- it's needed. Mm. It's needed because there can be some advancements in progressive politics. We just saw a... Married gay man win a primary election in Ogden. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We have so much opportunity, you know, here locally in this area to really uh, make positive change. And maybe it's not on a statewide level. Maybe we have to focus down on these really important races that that matter and can make a real difference on people's lives on a on a city by city level or however we need to do it. But we need to, we need to get focused and, and organized to help talented people like Taylor, who have progressive interests in, in in mind, you know, help him help him succeed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we just barely last night got back the, the results from the mayoral primary. So, like, do you have a, an, a reaction on those? Like, what did you think when you saw the numbers?
1: I'm I mean, obviously super excited. You know, I knocked on probably 500 doors for Taylor, you know, and so – it was fun to see that some of that work paid off and to, and it was, it was, that was a, I I I'd never done that before. I'd never gone out and knocked doors and to get out there and talk to people. It was something uh, that I was before doing it a little bit dreading. Uh-huh. And then I, and then I really enjoyed it. So to see those numbers come in and to see that uh, that hard work paid off was great. I think Ogden is the real winner uh, at coming out of that primary. We definitely have two people at the top of the ticket now that, are both genuinely kind and caring people, mm-hmm. and so that's that's good. That's good for Ogden. Yeah. You know, they may see the world slightly different. You know, I think Taylor and Ben maybe see see the world slightly different, but they really are both. You know, kind, genuine, caring individuals. And I think if anybody spent time with either of them, they that you would see that. So I think. Ogden was the winner coming out of that, and so I'm excited. You know, I'm going to be still working my butt off to help get Taylor elected. Uh But and and Ben knows that he and I are friends. We talk regularly, and I hope we still are, (laughs) you know, in in a few months from now. But uh, yeah, I I think I was I was excited.
0: Yeah, Uh, there was somebody on Reddit. I think it was JDD32. I don't know him, but he made this great point that you know if you look at the results then it was a little bit concerning for Taylor. Like, there was kind of, if you give Ben, you know, the the John Griner and the Bart Blair votes, uh, and you give Taylor, you know, Angel, Oscar, uh, and Chris Berrigan, there's still some ground to make up for Taylor. Like, the the progressive vote maybe wasn't as strong in the primary, I think, is a concern.
1: I mean, if you look at it that way, the, the math looks hard, but having been out knocking doors, there are a lot of voters that are not voting ideologically, in this race or right. so I think it's going to come down to more about who can inspire those those voters so yeah. I think they're I don't think it's that easy I don't think you just can add them up like that I think it's it's going to be I think it's going to be tight
0: yeah I think you're right I think the left right frame isn't good I think the frame is more like establishment and change candidate I think is I think you're right too yeah definitely definitely um where does it go for you? Is, is, is your community building, is it building towards something? Is it just something you got to do? Like, is there a goal to it? You have to have been, you have to have considered running for office at some time. Talk to people about it at some time. Yeah,
1: that's a good question. Yeah, I'll 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 probably run for office at some point. It's got to be the right time in the right race, uh-huh. you know. Um, you know, I, I really wish there was a progressive in that at large city council race right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I Sean Myers is running away with that, mm-hmm. and you know, we had Katie Matheson lined up for that seat, and for personal reasons, she had to she had to step down, and yeah. I'm I'm super bummed about that. You know, that was one I was eyeing, but oh. Katie Katie. I wasn't going to run against Katie. Katie's amazing and, and a bona fide, uh, awesome person. And and she, I would I would have loved to have her in that seat. And so, yeah, like, at yeah. the right time, in the right place. And, yeah. you know, like that, that moment for our family. Maybe, you know, maybe that'll be a thing.
0: You know what? Uh, I'll say that. About, like, I've, I've talked to a lot of people considering running for office over time. And a few times you've been like, I could do this, I could be this person, and then you'll step aside for somebody else wants this, you know, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to not worry about it. So to me, that really shows a lot of integrity, man. Like it shows that you're, you're just trying to build a community.
1: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be me in, yeah. in, in, the, in the seat to help progress uh, positive things that our government can do for people. You know, it just has to be the right person. And Katie was the right person at that time for, for me. And so it was, that was, that was an easy decision. You know, when she announced, I was like, Oh, great. You know, I was happy. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe there will come a time when it, when it's, when it's me and if it is, then we'll approach it full force and we'll, we'll put all of our effort into it, you know, the Uh same way that I've watched Taylor do, you know, he's not running a a campaign that's, that's just kind of, Oh, this is a hobby you're doing on the side. Like he's trying to win, obviously, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so talk to me about Community Spread. It was a podcast you did, and it was, it's about like, kind of seeing the world through other people's eyes. Is that what it was?
1: That's exactly right. Uh, I didn't know what it was when I started it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it started completely organically. Uh-huh. Uh, when we changed the name of The Gym, I had this really awesome man uh, named Michael Daniels. He called me. He called The Gym, and he left a voicemail on The Gym, and he just said, I just want to know, I wanted you to know how much that meant to me, that you guys would do that, and, you know, he talked about his parents, you know, growing up in the civil rights era. And he just had this really awesome message. And, you know, we were, you know, in the middle of right at the beginning of the pandemic. And, and I just, and, and the beginning of this racial reckoning it was right at the beginning of George Floyd. And I wanted people to hear what he told me. Uh-huh. And so I, I found him on Facebook and I shot him a message and just said, hey, could we just, like have this conversation on Facebook and I'll post it. And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And so we did and people liked it they responded to it. People watched the whole thing and it was like, so like, like, right. Like, just rough around the edges. It was not. It was, you know, it was just a couple of people having a conversation uh, over Zoom, you know. Uh-huh. And so, and, and that's how it started. And, and somebody was like, "Hey, you should do more of these." And so, yeah, I just started finding people to talk to, and and that's what it turned into. It turned into a show where, hey, we have people uh, in our in our lives that ha- have experiences that that myself as a middle aged white you know cis male don't experience uh-huh. and <clears throat> the only way i get an opportunity to see the world through their eyes is to hear from them yeah and more than anything wow what an opportunity to talk to them
0: uh-huh.
1: like to get the opportunity to talk to um ruby whose brother was sean killed by police uh-huh. And to hear her experience surrounding that, to get and talk to uh, Chloe Johnson, who is a transgender athlete that ended up suing CrossFit and, and, you know, getting CrossFit to change their whole entire uh, stance on transgender athletes. To talk to to Miss Miss Betty, talk to Miss Betty about, and I don't think she even shares this story very often, but on my podcast, she shared the story of integrating her high school. She was one of nine people to integrate her high school and that experience and the, and the experience of, you know, her mother who was on the forefront of integration forever and then they won and she had to send her daughter into the lion's den, you know, like uh-huh. I, what what an Im- amazing experience to to have those and to be able to sit down and and ask those very pointed questions that you just don't get to know you just don't get to do if you're not in that sort of situation where you can ask questions like that. And so, right. Yeah. It was awesome.
0: Well, yeah, there's this progressive conundrum. I always feel where I'm trying to relate to other people's experiences and understand them. But at the same time, you don't want to make them an ambassador for whatever their experience is. So you don't want to make all of your conversations about that. And just, you know what I mean? So that's what I loved about the show is it's, I can get that information without, you know, having to trouble people with all my questions.
1: Right. Like basically, because, People came on the show knowing what it was, right. you know, knowing that we were going to have those conversations, and so you could ask them these really pointed questions and just get these really genuine and vulnerable uh, answers back. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, we had just some amazing moments to, that we did, and you know, hopefully, some version of that show will carry on in the future. You know, yeah. life got got busy, and and we're not we're not doing it right now, but. Hope well another time
0: I mean, it's all out there. you have all those conversations that people can still go find and consume them all right now.
1: It amazes me i mean the, the, all the content's still there, and people are still downloading that yeah. podcast you yeah, know yeah. and so yeah like and i uh, i every year on martin, on martin luther king day i we had uh winter the poet read the entire letter uh from a birmingham jail uh that dr King wrote yeah and that thing is. Long and detailed, and 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 she performed. Not only did she just read it; she performed that thing, and it's so amazing because we don't hear, have him. We don't have Dr. King's voice, you know, sharing that those words, uh-huh. and to hear uh, this incredible black woman who performs poetry read that is just something I, I re-listen to every year uh, yeah. because it's it's so powerful. So
0: yeah, but it was also really Ogden focused. Like you would get. I don't know what maybe twenty percent of your guests were not from the immediate area, but then there's this huge Ogden focus to it too.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, we had uh, Van Aston who came on, and he was the uh, one of the uh, he he did all of the primary healthcare for folks at uh, the Lantern House, <clears throat> doing, and so he had you know lots of experience with helping people who were experiencing homelessness Mm. and I learned so much from him, you know? And so, and that that's somebody in our local community who was doing the work with people experiencing homelessness. And I, my eyes were just opened to those folks are in those situations and most of the time to no fault of their own most of the time because of, you know, multiple, multiple adverse childhood events and, you know, just things that I never had to experience and so you know it just extended a lot of empathy by list by stepping out of my shoes and into his for a day yeah. you know and listening to him talk about it
0: yeah yeah Um, And so you think that that might come back, you might just start doing some interviews again one day?
1: I would love to. During 2020, we all had a lot of time. You know, Uh, our kids weren't playing sports, and I'm coaching my son's uh, competitive baseball team right now uh, that we started from scratch with the help of Ogden. Awesome program, Ogden Untamed, which is a a comp sports program that's designed to help benefit uh, the kids in Ogden. The whole plan is to try to get competitive-level play for rec-level pay. We're, so I'm having a blast with that, uh, coaching that team, and you know, so there's other other focuses right now sure. in the in the immediate. But I would love to. I, I would love to get back to doing that because I was fulfilled in really important ways, and I think that it benefited the community in an important way at the time yeah. for sure too.
0: The other thing that that I think you know goes right along with you is the outdoors. You're just like a, a lover of basically all parts of the outdoors. So. Let's just say you've got, you know, sixty minutes or you've got an afternoon or you've got a weekend. What are, what are the things you're gonna do to fill those windows of time? If you just wanna get outside, you got sixty minutes. Where do you go? Oh,
1: I'm gonna ride my bike. Yeah. <laughs> I can go I can go straight from my house through the Ogden Cemetery, down to the bluff trail, up to it's called Stairway to Harrison, and you can ride trails almost and then you gotta drop down to the Ogden Parkway. Get to Rainbow Gardens, head north or south, either way, and you've got trails right there. I could be back to my house in sixty minutes and get a, a, a beautiful uh, ride right here on our amazing Ogden East Bench area, you know. And is so, the stairway
0: to Harrison, is that like behind Rainbow Gardens? Is that
1: what- the, the stairway to Harrison is it's actually uh, from Monroe. There is a there's a trail there. And they built it just a couple of years ago. Oh. And so not very many people know that there's actually a trail there that kind of that kind of runs parallel to the Ogden Parkway. There's trails on both sides of Monroe at that area by the botanical gardens. Oh, it's and above, it goes up it's from above there. the botanical gardens. Yeah, okay,
0: yeah. okay, that's cool. Okay, and then what if you've got like a whole afternoon, you know, four or five hours, where are you gonna go?
1: Oh, I'm still going to ride my bike, but (laughs) but then I'm going to go up to North Fork uh, North Fork Park and and Or Snow Basin and explore some of those trails. Get a little more in the higher elevation and some some different terrain, different trails.
0: Okay, you got a whole weekend. Where are you going to go? You want to get outside?
1: A whole weekend. Well, um, in in the winter, we spend a lot of time out on Antelope Island, Uh, and if people don't realize it, you know, Antelope Island you know, in the summer you go out there, there's a bunch of bugs and it gets kind of gnarly. Uh-huh. And, uh, but in the winter it is amazing. It really? is stunning out there. And we get out there at 6am when the gate opens and it's dark and we'll ride our bikes in the dark with lights. Uh, and you get out to this lookout point right as the sun's coming up and it is stunning huh. out there. There is, you know, obviously the bison are out there and you'll see antelope. Uh, but there's also uh, wild coyotes that you'll run into out there. There's these big, huge deer, uh, we've seen some of these huge bucks out there there's bighorn sheep and so you'll see wildlife you'll see you know you feel like you've entered a different climate huh. when you're out there and so it's it's pretty Pretty amazing to I get out it, there yeah. and, ex, and you're just like, how did I leave? Like, I, I'm, I'm literally like 30 minutes from my house now and I'm in a completely different environment.
0: Huh. And so then you're on like roads like paved or I mean like plowed roads?
1: No, dirt trails, single, dirt. Tra- single track trails. Huh. There's lots. Of, I mean, you can ride bikes out there or you can hike out there. Huh. Um, we even hiked out there in the winter. And so, yeah, there's, there's lots of trails to explore out there that I, th- I think a lot of people don't really realize. And the, the winter time is the best time there's not, oh, yeah. it's the, it, there's not a lot of snow out there, uh, because the sun melted off super fast, uh-huh. but it's, and so, and there's no bugs and, you know, on a winter day in the middle of the day, like it's not even, you know, you can hike out there in a t-shirt. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a really cool place. That's the time to go for sure. That's a good idea. I never yeah. thought of that? Absolutely.
0: All right. Awesome, man. I think that's
1: all I got. Great. Thanks for
0: doing this. It's fun. Hey, it feels really good to be doing this again after a few weeks break. Uh, I got to do that to keep this thing sustainable. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for telling your friends. Uh, There are a lot of other great Ogden focused passion projects out there like Community Spread, Weaver State Weekly, Junction City Justice, Rail City Productions, The Ogdenite. They're not easy to sustain. Thank you guys. You're making this community better. Keep it up.